my main thing is to just always. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, good morning. How are you? I am joined today by Michael Freibarger, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about him and some amazing topics. So to start off, Michael, thank you for being on the show. When it comes to being in real estate for 10 years and averaging $22 million in volume, that is no small undertaking. Um, I know you specialize in new construction, design, and development, so we'll definitely cover some of that. But before... Uh, I let you jump in here. I want to make sure that we cover the topics that you set out to us to endeavor today, which is mindset, resilience, and motivation. Topic two, which is generosity. Ooh, good one. And topic number three is offer what no one else can or will. So, Michael, super excited to have you on the show. Good morning, my friend. Yeah, good morning. Um. I know you weren't a $22 million producer overnight, so why don't you take us back to day one? What did you do before you got into real estate? How did you get into real estate and how did you become an overnight success, but it only took you 10 years to put up those numbers? (laughs) Uh, Well, kind of an interesting background. Straight out of high school, I joined the Army, uh, did five years active duty. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, I did five years active duty as a forward observer for the artillery. So, you know, nothing, uh, nothing business related there. Um, did a couple tours to Iraq. And then when I came back, I, I started going to college for my degree in business management and entrepreneurship. And, uh, the only thing that I was really qualified to do to support my family at that point in time, after coming back from the military was law enforcement. So, I joined the local police department and I was with them for about two years. And what happened is when I joined the police department, uh, when I left the army, I had a real strong urge to buy a home. I had watched some of my, my friends in the military house hack, if you will. Uh, you know, one guy, he was on his third duty station. He owned three homes and the first one he had converted to a conventional mortgage and then he bought the second one with the VA and then he did the second tier VA entitlement and, and all that stuff as a young, you know, 20 something just it blew my mind to think that, OK, this guy's got his military retirement. And plus, he's you know, he's going to have three, maybe four homes by the time he's all said and done. And so I had this strong itch to get into real estate, but I didn't have any money. Um, so I went, you know, went into the police department and then I ended up getting into a couple of incidents that were. uh well, I got, I got into a couple of shooting incidents and um, made me reevaluate my life. And, and I kind of took it as a sign on the second shooting incident within a matter of three months. I decided maybe maybe this isn't the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I decided to try something else. So I says, well, what can I do with half of a business management degree and, you know, my, my military and law enforcement experience? And it came down to two things. It was sales and it was either going to be sell cars or sell homes. And since I had that desire and, and I've been thinking about it for years and I had bought my first home, um, right when I became a cop, I decided that that was the direction I wanted to go. 
And I, I met with a guy at uh, Prudential Realtors, and he basically tried to talk me out of it. And I thought that was the coolest thing because most of the other recruiters that I was talking to were saying, oh, yeah, you can make six figures. You can make all this money. It's easy. Get rich quick. You know, and it's like they just wanted a bunch of people underneath of them to to build them up. And this guy's telling me, you know, this is some of the hardest stuff you're ever going to do. I know you've been to Baghdad, but this is, you know, making money here is is very difficult. And I, and he piqued my curiosity. And so I went with him and he taught me a lot. And uh, yeah, I just came out, came out shooting, I guess. My first year was 2012. I got licensed in June of 2012. And that last six months of 2012, I did $2 million in sales. And actually for my firm in December, I got the top sales award that year as, you know, a six month rookie. And there was, I think, 40 some other agents in the firm. So that was pretty exhilarating. And then 2013, I just took off like a rocket. I think I did 35 transactions and eh, I think it was probably about six, $6 million in sales. And the cool thing about that starting year, um, I don't know if it's cool or not, but I focused primarily on first-time home buyers. That was my bread and butter. That was almost all I did. Our market at that point in time, average sale price, I think, was somewhere right around that one ninety to two hundred thousand dollar mark. My average sale price was right around the uh, one hundred to one twenty five, somewhere in there. I, I remember the first time I got a listing at one hundred and eighty thousand. I jumping up and down for joy. It was I was ecstatic. Um, but what I do is I just, I outworked everyone else. I remember I had a buddy who's, who says, Oh, Mike, are you having fun with those hundred thousand dollar deals? I, I just put together two, uh, two deals. One of them was 400 and one of them was 350. And I was a little jealous for sure. But he says, well, what is, what'd you do this month? Well, I've got 12 of them. Um, and the average there is about 150. And he just kind of sat back and said, damn, how do you do it? And at that time I didn't have an assistant. So I was just running ragged um you know I'd, I'd watch the kids leave for school in the morning and head to work and i wouldn't get home until nine at night told my wife I, I promise there's no other woman it's just real estate um and i brought home the money to prove it that is truly inspiring and admiring holy crap what a hell of an intro, my friend. I love I love <laughs> what you said there is you came out the gate swinging and shooting, ironically. First of all, um, I think you're right on. I think God was trying to tell you like, hey, Michael, there's better things out there for you than leaving in the morning, not knowing whether you're coming back in the evening. And I think not only just for you, but also for your family, right? And I command all the law enforcement and, and, and all of our troops for sacrificing for our safety, security, and, and, and for, other, for us to have the ability to not have to worry about whether we're coming home or not, right? But the fact that you've been able to pivot and learn quickly adapt and move and then essentially have your quote-unquote mentors become your students where the student outgrew the mentor through that friendly competition and a little bit of bitterness i don't i don't know if jealousy is the is is the right word because i'm not picking that up from you at all or the envy at all 
I think it was like the motivation to try to figure something out because you see somebody else running that six minute mile or five minute mile or however fast people can run that mile. And I, I talk about this all the time where it's like comparison is the thief of all joy. You see this guy killing it. You're like, he's getting these high end listings, but he's getting one of them. And then there's you. And he's like, dude, how the hell are you getting so many listings? Yeah, maybe in a lower bit of a price point, but you're bringing in more cash, more GCI, more volume. You're going for numbers, which means you're going to exponentially not only catch up to him because your growth initially was linear, but then it becomes exponential because then it multiplies. Yeah, and I didn't even realize exactly what I was doing. It wasn't purposeful. I was mainly just getting in where I fit in. Yeah. You know, at that point in time, I'm coming from a background where in the military, I, I made $45,000 a year, law enforcement, you know, very, very similar. So, you know, I'm middle class, but, and that's what I dealt with. You know, when he's talking about going and meeting with these $400,000 clients, I didn't fit in with those people. That wasn't my people. And so I was sticking with these first-time homebuyers because that's what I was. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. You know what? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I'm going through a very similar situation. I've recently had an opportunity here um, love to get your input where I also don't feel like I fit in with this group, with these people. They're selling like ultra, ultra luxury. My average price point is like closer to like the average actual price point, right? Which is like 600, 700, 800, like in, in over here in Boca in Southeast Florida. That's uh, the average home price is like 850 being sold. The median is like 500, right? To put things into perspective. These guys are selling like 3 million and up. We're talking about like 15 million, 25 million, 30 million. And I do have that reservation of like, do I fit in there? Um, how did you deal with that? Do I fit in with those $400,000 buyers? Because it's the same thing. It's just we're talking about slightly different numbers. Yeah, well, I guess eventually I just got to a point where I was confident talking to those people because I looked in the mirror and realized that that, I mean, that's where my income was. Um, so that's really no secret there. I just eventually grew and climbed the ladder and then felt like I fit in a little bit more. But my thing it is, I, I, I never... it's okay for you to where I'm going with this. It's like for somebody who's just starting out and you're trying to be a luxury agent or you're trying to get into the higher price points, and you don't feel that's you, you're probably right. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, go put up some numbers, feel, gain a little bit of confidence, you know, get some street cred. Yep. And eventually you'll fit in because things are going to change. And, and when you try to fit in where you don't, I mean, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't go well. I remember one listing appointment I went on where the guy loved me. Um, and it was in the historic district here in our city and beautiful, just one of those places where everyone wants to live, everyone with money wants to own a home there. And I didn't take that into account because that wasn't me. I didn't hang around those people. I didn't understand the influence that just being in that area had. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, you know, this home nowadays is worth probably 900,000, but in 2013, 14, it was worth, you know, 550. And, uh, I went in there, I told the guy, well, yeah, based on comps, it's, it's only worth about, uh, 415 to, 
you know, 425. And none of my comps were on that historical road. And uh, he says, man, I like you. I, I can't do business with you. I don't think you know what you're talking about. And that was the thing. I, I didn't fit in there. I didn't understand exactly what I was into. It's a lot like doing commercial real estate. Now I do commercial real estate deals. If I was to do a commercial real estate deal in my first couple of years and I had guys, say, oh, you should get into commercial. Well, I don't know anything about commercial real estate or leases or you know, what the effect of that lease has on the value of the property. And so I didn't fit in. I didn't try to get in there because I would have just screwed it up. And then you make yourself look stupid. And then you start getting bad reviews. And then the whole thing just uh, steamrolls. So if you stay in your comfort zone and work your ass off in that comfort zone, then you're going to have exponential growth. But I see so many people trying so hard to go, well, I want to be in this, in this luxury realm. I want to sell these high dollar homes because I get more commission for less effort. You got the wrong mentality because if anything, anytime you're going to tell yourself in anything that I want to get more with less effort, you're, you're telling me that you're lazy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to work with you. And people can see right through that in most cases. So, um, yeah, get in where you fit in, I guess. Well, and that's, you know, one of the topics that we're talking about here today is mindset. And exactly what you just said, this is a perfect way to wrap this in. It's if, if your mindset about what you're trying to do is wrong and you're seeking, you may be seeking the right outcome, but your mindset is out of alignment with the outcome that you're seeking. You're not going to get the result, Right. Right. Um, and I and, and contrary, if you're dealing with the higher end market or like that historical uh, road or street that you were talking about, you didn't know what you were doing. Your mindset and your intention could have been the best that they ever were for that client. But you just didn't know what you didn't know. So you, quote unquote, got out of your lane here instead. But you probably, you know. You were like, okay, cool. I screwed that up. What can I learn from this? And that's the right mindset to have. Yeah, and I didn't think I screwed that one up at first when he told me he couldn't work with me. Um, I looked at all my comps and I, I looked over everything. I had other agents in my office, you know, help me out. And I says, well, this guy is wrong. He can't get five hundred and fifty thousand dollars for his house. And for a minute, I, I kind of wrote on that. Well, I'm right. He's wrong. And, you know, let's just let him fall on his face. And it was an extremely humbling moment. And you need those and you need to be able to self, you know, to reflect on those and realize, you know, what you did wrong, because what ended up happening is he listed with another agent, uh, you know, another top agent in our market. And he didn't even hit the market, sold it for 550. He says, I got a guy in my back pocket right now, cut you a check closed within two weeks. And I was like, God dang, okay, I'm not, I'm not all that. I need to reevaluate where I'm at and what I'm doing. I, I think, I think that was necessary, right? Because it allowed you to shift your mindset around what you perceived was the reality of your current situation. Um, when we're talking about mindset, and this is a, a, a very good topic where it comes up over and over and over and over again on our show, it's because just because you have a specific type of mindset right now, it doesn't mean that your mindset can't shift based on the in information that you receive, right? Oh, I, you know, for example, like I have some friends that are really big in the crypto market and they thought the real estate was absolute shit. And now 
they have gotten new information with everything that's happening, and they think real estate is the next best thing since sliced bread, and they've bought more properties with me in the last fucking 30, 60, 90 days than they've ever had their whole entire lives. And it's all the mindset. It's, it's all about getting the right input to make the right output decision-making. What, what are you doing to keep your mindset sharp? How are you continually having that resilience and motivation uh, for you to do the numbers you're doing now? Well, I guess the, the main thing, I don't have any like set routine. You know, a lot of guys will do affirmations and, and all that kind of stuff. And my, my main thing is to just always reflect on um, what I can do better, what I did wrong and what I did right and try to focus more on the positive while still learning from the negative, uh, keeping a positive mindset. And, you know, one of my key points is resiliency, which is basically defined as the ability to bounce back. And that's something that's really honed into you in the military because you're going to have, you know, terrible days. I had some absolutely horrific, terrible days and they expect you to just bounce back and go back to work. And, when I apply that logic to real estate, my horrible, worst, awful day in real estate is all relative because it's nothing compared to what I've been through before. One of my prime examples that I tell all my new agents, uh, it was January, I think maybe January of 2015 or something like that. So I'm three years in the business. I had one of the best months to date lined up. I had... Um, a seller who was going to buy and then another seller who was going to buy and then one more big deal, you know, and I'm finally breaking into this range where people are buying, you know, at the time above average price points, you know, so I had about $50,000 worth of commissions lined up for this, this January and one by one within the course of a week and a half, every single one of those deals shit the bed. Every single one of them fell apart. And I was left with, <laughs> back to my core, I was left with like a trailer that I had sold for 70 some thousand dollars. And so I'm, I'm making less than $3,000 uh, for the month when I was supposed to be making. So, so one of your 60. best months turned into one of your worst months. It turned into shit. And uh, I've seen that happen to other agents on, on you know, half of that. I've seen age, agents lose two deals or one deal and they just cry and they mope and oh, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. This is terrible. And they just focus so, so hard and so fast on the negative and how bad it is and how much work they put into it. Um, one of the quotes my, my wife has uh, given me recently is no one cares, try harder. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did. No one cares about all the bad stuff, all the work I put into it. No one cares. I'm not getting paid for it, but Here's the positive. What other career? I mean, look at it, almost $60,000 in one month that I could have brought in. That was an entire year plus when I was getting shot at and blown up in Baghdad. So for, for me to mope around about the fact that, oh, man, I nearly got it. Well, guess what? I'm just going to go out, double my efforts, and I'm going to get it next time. And, you know, I, I gracefully, when I lost those deals. I was very, very gracious about it. I've seen a lot of agents where the deal falls south and then they turn into assholes toward their client. And 
well, then you don't get that client back. I ended up getting three of those clients back over the years and they ended up doing, you know, a lot of business with me, but I just focused on all the good things that are happening in my life. The possibility that, Hey, look at this. I lined this up once. Why can't I line it up again? And I think it was, you know, how was it? June or July of that year, I ended up with a month that I made $72,000 in commissions, which was mind blowing, double what I made in my previous career. And, uh, you just focus on that. Anytime something bad happens, like, well, there's so many more good things going on in my life. And I don't know that positive energy, uh, just emanates around you into everything that you do. And then the same thing with the negative. If you're going to mope around about how bad things are, then shit's going to be bad. So there, there is a few things like the law of attraction, the law of reciprocity, the law of karma. We hear this shit all the time, whether you believe it or not. There's a little bit of truth to it. Maybe you haven't been personally affected by it, right? Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 